This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analysts, favorite draft analysts. It's your boys, Corey and Albert, from the NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. My name is Corey Tulliba, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what is going on, man? A lot's going on. Um, but at first, I want to say, for our listeners out there, if you've ever questioned our dedication the Knicks are tipping off the season opener and I'm here <laughs> recording a pod about some guys that haven't even played a minute of college basketball yet, but I'm here and I'm committed and I'm excited. And later on, Corey might ask me a question about Omaha Baloo and I might give an answer about Miles Kelly. So don't, <laughs> don't hate me too much for it. <laughs> it's, it's love and dedication for the craft, man. And we are going to cover Omaha Blue. We are going to cover Jacoby Walter. But before we get into that, Albert, I wanted to share with anybody who is um, watching this. We have some exciting news at No Ceilings. Um, we have decided that at No Ceilings, we are launching a paid tier called No Ceilings Plus. Now, I know what you're thinking. You guys are sellouts. You're in it for the money. And you gave all of this free stuff for two years, and now you're just trying to cash out. You're right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you're still getting everything that you had ever gotten from No Ceilings exactly the same with a free subscription. You are still getting everything Monday through Friday, all of the podcasts, all of the video stuff on YouTube. Everything is the same. No Ceilings Plus is bonus content. Okay. Um, as we continue to grow as a company, uh, you know, we have opportunities to do some really cool things in this space and those things do cost money. Right. And, um, so, you know, we're offering all of these member benefits, uh, in order to, you know, help us pursue that and give you continued coverage, but to really step our game up, up our ante. So we are going to be covering the NBA this year. All right. Um, we're not going to be talking about LeBron's, you know, coast to coast dunks in year 37. You know, we are focusing on the young guys, the developmental aspect of this game. Of course, there's going to be some overlap and we talk about some of the latest stuff in the NBA, but we're staying true to who we are at our core. And that is, you know, all about scouting development um, and, and keeping in touch with the up and comers. So that is coming soon you're going to have access to our personal big boards. So for the last two years, you have had access to our cumulative big board, which is an average of every member of No Ceilings big board. This year, you're going to be able to look at all of our individual boards um, and you know see who is where, and you can argue with us and uh, on Twitter, or you can argue with us in our private Discord you get access to the private discord. So all of the, the um, lovely men and women at no ceilings are going to be in there. If you sign up for the no ceilings plus you get to be in there as well. And you get to converse with us, talk with us and just get to enjoy that kind of community that we're trying to build at a little bit of a deeper level. Um, same kind of thing there. You're going to get video meetings with us. We are going to be able to hop on a zoom call or a Google meet and just chop it up about whatever. You have questions about some prospect at a left field, we'll let Maxwell answer that for you, right? If you want to talk about um, the most 
nuanced aspects of somebody's defense, Tyler Metcalf will answer that for you. All of your, your questions. If you just want to talk about life, we got you covered there too. Um, you're also going to get a free preseason draft guide. So our preseason draft guide is going to be launched with no ceilings plus. So if you want access to that, all of the write-ups, all of the stuff that you're accustomed to with our draft guides, you are getting the draft guide in your membership. Um, and then you're going to get a merchandise discount, any kind of physical merch that we come out with in the no ceilings store, you get a discount. So it's very exciting, Albert. And, and you know, uh, it was a, a long thought out process you know, it, we, it's not a decision we came to lightly, but it's something that I think we all agreed is something that is necessary for us to take that next step in our own development at No Ceilings. No, I 100% agree, Corey. I think, um, as you mentioned, this isn't like a, you know, surprise or like a gotcha type of thing for <laughs> our followers. It, it genuinely is. Um, we've been trying to build a brand, uh, a company for over two years now. And I think um, along the way uh, with that process, as uh, actually Rucker uh, said really beautifully in his tweet today um, on his uh, Twitter account or X account is that, you know, we're not just building a website. We're not just building a brand. We're building a company here. And uh, there's a lot more that we want to be able to offer our followers and the people who've been supporting us from day one or just started supporting us today. And so, you know, and, and just even beyond what we're offering now and going to offer with no ceilings plus there's even more that i know that we have in mind and that we have a vision for and so um this is just our way of you know kind of getting um our followers to kind of buy in with us and to be a part of this process of uh, us building this company brand whatever so it, it's a really exciting time and we hope that um you guys would be willing to join us is kind of uh, our pitch right now yeah i mean we can't build that you know this community without all of the people that are listening, watching, reading every single day. So um, we want you to be as involved in this process as you've ever been. And this is going to give you the opportunity to do that. So you head to noceilingsmba.com and uh, you're going to have, you know, the opportunity to pick a tier and, and get all that cool stuff that we're offering. So we're excited about it. But today we are here to continue talking NBA draft prospects. And we're going to start it out with a guy that, um, I really like, and I know some of the other uh, people on the No Ceilings team really, really like, and that's Jacoby Walter. So uh, Jacoby Walter is headed to Baylor, 6'5 guard. Um, I think he's going to be a, a really interesting follow um, through his journey. Uh, you know, a lot of similarities to Baylor's Keontae George last year. Just, uh, you know, one of these scoring wings that, you know, can get it done at all three levels. I'm really intrigued uh, by him, Albert. What are your initial just thoughts on Jacoby Walter uh, coming into the year? Um, I think for me, it's if you do the initial dive, like a shallow dive, not a deep dive. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's easy to be like, OK, it, it, it's not hard to see why people are like. Kevin O'Connor came out pretty early this summer. It was like, mm -hmm. I think Jacoby Walter is going to be like one of these top guys. And then uh, I know Rucker and Metcalf on their pod have talked about why they're so high on Jacoby as well. And I think it makes sense, you know, it, and he's currently number five on my board. And there's a lot of different reasons, obviously, that we're about to get into. But just like from that initial shallow dive of his game, the measurables, all those things, you could see, okay, like he just looks like a prototype NBA wing. Um, just from the from the outside. And, you know, as we get deeper into his game, there's going to be a lot to talk about because there are, you know, there is like a multifaceted aspect to his game and a reason why that I think by then. But then also, Corey, I do want to say there is like a small part of me that is a little concerned too. Not con concerned is actually not the right word. Um, I, I just have, I, I want to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on myself just because who knows, right? Like we haven't seen him play any college basketball yet. We don't know what his rookie season might actually look like, but um, overall a really exciting prospect. And I'm excited to get into it. Well, uh, you know, I, I think that that perspective is going to be good because we don't just want to be all, you know, singing the praise of these prospects yeah. who, you know, every prospect has holes in their game, especially at this point in their development. And especially, you know, we're going to be breaking down film that took place a year ago. Right. So like, you know, based on this film, we haven't seen them in a while. And when the college season starts, they're going to be better players just because they had another, you know, pivotal offseason under their belt. So everything, this is a preseason 
dive, right? And and I think that there are a lot of areas in which I, I completely understand that with Jacoby. Now, we got an opportunity to see him in person at the Nike Hoop Summit. Uh, I didn't think that he was one of the standouts. Agreed. But in a lot of ways, it was almost like it felt like a good thing that he was a guy who was able to blend in because he also wasn't somebody that we noticed that we were like, oh, he's having a rough week. And I think that says a lot about who he could be as a prospect, who he kind of is as a prospect. Because I think ultimately, as we break down his film here, the number, the first thing that you can talk about with him, right, is that he is going to be a guy that right away is going to um, be able to play off the ball. Yeah, He's going to be a guy who can knock down spot up shots. You know, that's a pretty shot, high arc, right? Um, and I think we saw a lot of that during his time at Link, where he was playing off of Elliot Cadeau, because why would you want to take the ball out of Elliot Cadeau's hands, right? That dude is just an absolute monster playmaker. So he did a lot of the off the ball stuff that I think is pivotal for one as a freshman coming to a team like Baylor that's going to have a lot of backcourt help, right? And then two, you know, trying to talk about him as an NBA prospect, like chances are he's not going to come in and be the number one option on a team. He's going to be a guy that has to learn how to fit in. And the fact that he has this ability to be a guy who can knock down spot up shots and, you know, um, score off the ball. I think that's going to be really big for uh, him as a prospect. A hundred percent agree, Corey. Um, I, I kind of want to emphasize the first point that you made um, about our impressions of him at the Nike hoop summit. I think blending in can be taken two different ways, right? I think I think the way that you portrayed it is he's fitting in, he's not doing too much, he's not playing outside of himself is one way to look at blending in. Another way, like a pessimistic view of blending in might be like, oh, like maybe he's just kind of ghosting, maybe he's not really, you know, showing off or showing himself and what he can actually do, or he's, you know, he's kind of disappearing from the moment. I, I think it kind of, like it, you know, we're talking about semantics here, right? But I think overall, I definitely agree with you with Jacoby in that he's more of a blender um, rather than like, you know, a go-to guy, but also like we've talked a little bit about Cameron Carr as well. And Ellie Cadeau, we did the whole breakdown, like playing with a guy like Elliot Cadeau kind of gives you the freedom to just be a, you know, a supporting role type of guy, a guy who can play off of a primary ball handler like Cadeau. So I, I think it really is going to be interesting to see, once again, I'm kind of, you know, reserving, uh, making final judgments on any, any anything, but it's going to be interesting to see how he blends in at Baylor, how he gets to show off his game at Baylor, um, what he looks like in that system with that roster and not the one that he played with at, at Link is going to be really interesting to watch as well. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I think bringing up Cameron Carr is, is a, a, a nice little segue into separating Jacoby talking about, okay, this is a dude who can play off the ball. There are levels to that, right? Because Cameron Carr was a guy who like exclusively was off the ball and he really did so little off the bounce shot creation. Jacoby has that to his game. Right. Right. And, you know, we'll break down some of the AAU film where he showed a lot more of it, but he still showed the, the, you know, high level flashes playing next to Elliot Cadeau with Link scoring with the ball in his hands. He's just content with, you know, not forcing the issue, which, you know, is a positive. I guess you can look at it as well, you know, like you mentioned, where maybe that lack of aggressiveness um, could be something you could be slightly concerned with. But I, I look at this as a positive. I mean, this is a high-level NBA yep. shot, right? Like off the bounce, um, creating offense and, and knocking down, you know, a, a tough shot with, you know, some pretty, you know, nifty, um, like it would say with the ease, right? It's like a, a beautiful, beautiful shot uh, off the bounce. And I think that's the difference between him and Cameron Carr, who were both playing off. Like Cameron Carr just couldn't do, you know, he, he couldn't execute this kind of move, you know, coming off right in a defender in his face, um, going to, you know, the drifting to the right a little bit. Like this is a really beautiful high-level shot from Jacoby. Yeah, no, Corey, I, I, I definitely, um, I definitely agree. I think um, the point that I was trying to make was, you know, not necessarily that I thought he was hiding or anything, but um, yeah, you know, who knows, right? Like what it'll look like at Baylor. But I do want to say, Corey, this play that you're showing here is not a one-time thing. Like some people might be like, okay, 
easy to point out a highlight. He did this a lot, actually, at Link. And there were times where even from the mid-range, he'd, you know, dribble right. Well, pump fake first, dribble right, couple, you know, do a little spin, shoot over the right shoulder. He was doing all kinds of stuff that, as you mentioned earlier, would be, you know, kind of viewed as an NBA level type of move is what he has. I think he's got real handle to him. Um, I, I don't think personally at this oh, from what we saw on the tape, I didn't think he was like a lead ball handler or anything like that. But there is something to him. You know, there is a shiftiness to him. He has really long arms, which um, I think plays to his benefit as a ball handler as well. Um, but yeah, overall, like, as you mentioned, he's not Cameron Carr. He's not just going to be running off of screens, uh, running off of, you know, different actions just to get, you know, outside shots. He can, he absolutely can, but that won't be the, uh, the only aspect of his offensive game. So I'm right there with you, man. There's a nice, uh, layered aspect to his offense that is going to be interesting to see. And also once again, just hammering that Baylor point again, want to see what type of license and freedom he gets to, you know, try that type of stuff in Baylor as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm looking for more of that, more of what we're showing on the screen now, because, you know, I actually thought he had a pretty creative handle. He didn't always show that at link, but there were definitely moments where he did. But in, you know, with team uh, Trey Young, like he's really good, especially in the pick and roll at like setting guys up. That was something that we, we really enjoyed with Brandon Miller last year was his pick and roll setups. But like, look how low to the ground he is, a little in and out, and then, you know, the pull-up quick release with a hand in his face. This is a, a, a really, really pretty high-level, again, high-level shot that that he's knocking down off the bounce here from range, you know? Um, now, he's not, you know, perfect as a shot creator, mm-hmm. um, and you want to see some shot consistency. I think the creativity is there a lot, um, but... Like on this possession here, he yeah. shows a lot of nifty footwork and everything, but ultimately the end result is that it felt slightly rushed mm. when it came to executing, you know, the actual make on the shot. Like it was one of those like million dollar move, 10 cent finish type of things. Cause he was just a little too off balance. Like, like he needs to hone this aspect of it. Like it's a clean look, right. But he's so off balance that he ends up falling. You know, it, there's just not that kind of like, I'm able to stay balanced after I break you down like this. I think that's something that he's going to be able to, to work on, get better at, and ultimately turn into a strength at the next level. Cause I do think the creativity in this possession is pretty impressive. It's just ultimate. It's just something that he needs to keep repping out. Yeah. Corey, I think um, rushed is a good word. I also think, I also thought uh, sometimes it was a little clunky. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, not trying to be like overly critical, but sometimes a little loose, a little clunky. I think, you know, lacking some of that refinement is kind of what we're saying, but Hey man, like it's honestly, Corey, I was watching tape this week and I had like a moment. It's not even an epiphany because what the hell are we talking about? But I was like, <laughs> I just kind of like had to take a break. Cause I look at the screen so much that I had to take a break and look up at my ceiling. And I was like, damn, I am being so damn harsh about these kids. Like, that's what they were, right? The film that we're yeah, watching, totally. they actually genuinely were kids. And, yeah, like, I really needed a moment to be like, yeah, he's gonna, like, not just him, but all these kids are gonna get better unless they don't love the game and they don't love themselves. Um, Like, I, I feel like they're all gonna get better at basketball. And watching Jacoby, yeah, there was definitely a little clunkiness, as you mentioned, million-dollar move, 10 cent finish. But I, I think... That refinement time is going to come. Um, and Corey, you mentioned it. This offseason, they played in a bunch of all-star games, went to the Hoop Summit, was playing in those scrimmages, playing against you know the world, playing against each other, playing against Portland Generals. Um, who knows what they're doing in the offseason as well, what type of work they're getting out it, wherever they are. And so I'm with you, man. I, I think the fact that we saw the signs of this and the fact that you know they've gone through the offseason that they've gone through Jacoby specifically and is now going to be playing at Baylor, I'm excited as much as you are to see how much more of this that he can do because 
I think he has a size. I think he has a measurables. I think he has a creativity. If he brings all of that together a little bit tighter, it's really interesting. Well, no, exciting to think about. 100%. You mentioned the mid-range game a little earlier, and yeah. I think this is a really um, fun possession where he shows it off a little bit, and it's a tough shot off balance. But again, a little bit of that self-creation. I love how low to the ground he gets as he's about to make a move. I think his first step, and, and you'll see it a little bit when he starts getting to the rim, I, he's got really impressive first step burst, which is interesting because I don't think he's like a great yeah. vertical athlete. Yep. But I think that he's able to use that first step burst uh, as a means to create, you know, the get to the spots um, in which he's trying to get and just get that little advantage, every little advantage that he can. And he does a really good job of that on, on this possession um, in isolation in, in creating that. Yeah, no, Corey, we, the mid range is important. It's something we talk about all the time. And, and Corey, actually, you know, I want to ask you because, you know, you obviously have a uh, closer eye to stuff like this. But I thought sometimes off the dribble, he kind of struggled on the gather. Like, you know, after doing a lot of different moves, I thought sometimes it could be a little clunky, you know, him getting the ball. That one looks really, really nice. Um, but overall, I, I thought sometimes it was like that. But I, I'm with you. Like the mid-range stuff is something that I wrote down in my notes. Like I thought I liked it a lot. And I thought it's something that... Uh, it's going to be a huge part of his game, in my opinion, for him to be to eventually hit his one percent outcome for him to be the you know potential, you know, really great offensive wing. I think that mid range stuff is going to be really important for him that he continues to work on that continue continues to go to that because it's going to open up so many different aspects of his game. And we haven't talked about the finishing yet, which, um, you know, we'll get to. But all of that is, you know, why people like KOC, like us, like, you know, different people I know ceilings are excited about his future. Yeah, that three level scoring ability. Right. Right. Like it's it's not just the the dunks and threes. He's he's got that like that, that mid-range ability. And this is a miss here. Mm -hmm. And um, but I again I, I really like the creativity um and the ability to create space. I think when he gets stronger too, because mm -hmm. he has oh, a good yeah. frame already, right? Like he's yeah. already strong and he has a good frame. But when he uses that shoulder, um, and I'll I'll pause it you know, right when he's making the move, like right here, he's going to be able to put that right shoulder into the defender's chest just to create a little bit extra space um, to where he doesn't kind of have to second guess the shot because, you know, the defender is kind of coming at him, even though he doesn't get a hand up uh, on the, on the contest, you could tell that he's kind of like worried about his landing mm -hmm. uh, because he doesn't want to step on the foot. And I think like just getting that extra bit of, of space and separation is going to be something that's really important for Jacoby Walter. But again, I just, I like the, the creativity. I like the ability to comfortably shoot it off the bounds. I think this is going to be a weapon for him um, and open up, you know, the different aspects of his game, because we know if you're just a dunks and threes guy, you become predictable, right? Like, you know, I, if once you're getting downhill, that means that I know that you're getting downhill and I'm going to wait for you at the rim. So you need counters. And he has that little mid range game. I also thought that, you know, he was pretty nifty um, in getting to like his floater game a lot of times. And he had different variations of it. And because he's like, a, he's kind of like an old school jump shooter. Um, he'll even like jump shoot, float it mm -hmm. like a lot of times. Uh, but right here, you'll see another thing he likes to do. We saw it before. He loves to reject ball screens um and play into space uh but, uh but yeah just a nice little cross in playing into the space um on the the left wing and and knocks down the smooth floater core just going really back uh quickly back to your point about like that shoulder move i mean we just saw it last night with devin booker um something he does all the time creating that extra little you know little window for him to get his shot off with that shoulder obviously jason tatum another guy is so good at that but Corey, i, I think something that i wrote in my notes that i love and i love that you're highlighting right now is i thought he showed immense touch you know whether it was like a with his floaters or you, you said it perfectly kind of like him shooting it in i i wrote like push shot but it's essentially the same thing that we're saying like he has good touch around the rim and i think kind of speaks to him really being like one of these guys that can really shoot the ball that has great touch from kind of anywhere on the floor. And so I'm with you, man. I think um, 
Also, it's important that he does stuff like this just because I don't think he's an elite athlete vertically. Um, you mentioned that as well, something that I wrote. Also, I think like he is like a pretty strong-ish guy, but I thought he kind of struggled and avoided contact at times when he's going to the rim, which is mm-hmm. something that I like to see him improve upon. Um, but you know, as he gets stronger and he embraces more of that contact and he has this type of touch, we're talking about a scary um, you know, interior scorer. Yeah, undoubtedly. And again, I think the one thing he shows here on this possession, again, where he's rejecting the screen, is that that burst coming off the cross. Like, like he's that's a, a nice blow by, does a good job avoiding the defender and doing that little push float shot that, you know, we were talking about. Not like your traditional Tony Parker teardrop floater, but more of a, you know, more of that jump shot floater. So, yeah, I, I love that he has those aspects of an in-between game to him. And I think Devin Booker is probably like the dream, right? Like ultimately when you see a shooting guard like this, like that is your, your ideal scenario for somebody to end up like that. Now there's a lot of different outcomes. You can, you know, be Bradley Beal, um, you know, who's still a high level scorer, but not quite at that tier of complete player. Right. And then there are lower tier outcomes uh, as well. Right. Like uh, even a, a guy like Zach Levine, who is a, a really efficient, great scorer, but you're not going to put in that same tier even. And, you know, obviously athletically, Zach Levine was a different athlete, but you know, he's all a super skilled guy as well. Um, so, you know, developing some of the other parts of his game and I'm, I'm going to be interested to talk about him. Uh, I think that, you know, that's going to be important. Uh, going to his finishing again, I, I think right away early on, um, he's going to be a guy who uses that shot gravity to attack those closeouts mm-hmm. and kind of get to the rim. Uh, and, and again, get it, having the threat of a shot where people have to close out to you. It's just huge. And and he has that. So I think that because he has that first step, he's going to be able to get to the rim, just attacking closeouts and get a couple of, you know, get some easy buckets just that way. Yeah, Corey. I mean, we talk about a lot of prospects that, you know, their swing skill is shooting. And it seems like with Jacoby, he's kind of ha- he kind of has that in his bag. He's going to be coming into his freshman season kind of known as a good outside shooter. So I, that should play to his advantage. But um, yeah, Corey, I, I'm with you, man. There there are a lot of different outcomes that can come from a guy like this. But I don't know, like it, it just makes me think like, you know, with the type of touch that and, you know, there's a there's a cerebral aspect to his game that I actually really enjoyed. He seemed like a guy who was really processing the game pretty well. And I thought was making some smart decisions. Although once again, like there also were moments where I thought his game did look a little clunky, a little messy, but also, you know, he was like 17, 18 years old. So let me relax with that. And, you know, (laughs) he's demoing some songs right now. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) SoundCloud is getting all the bad stuff right now. It's okay. (laughs) Um, But no, I'm with you, Corey. Like I, I'm excited to see this develop. Um, but once again, just like with the inside stuff, like just a little bit more strength, I think will benefit him a little bit. But that's a nice little lob for him to finish another great lob from Ellie Cadeau, kind of his thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, always definitely, definitely his thing. Um, this is a nice finish below the rim, yeah. right? Like even the, the alley-oop that we played, uh, yeah. you know, the last clip, like he wasn't Flying. throwing it down like we're going to see from Omaha in a little bit, right? Like, you know, it was it was a nice dunk, but it wasn't anything special. Uh, but if he can have the touch finishes like this, like I, that's probably more important. Like he's never going to be the super athlete. He'll get better athletically just from strength and conditioning. Right. Um, but these touch finishes where, you know, he's off balance going up and under, I think that's really important. But one of the reasons I think his percentages were so high, like he's really good in transition, even though he's not a super athlete, he just, he hustles. He's the first guy down the floor here and you know, he's got a point guard and, and people on his team that are going to reward him for doing it. So of course you want to run. Right. So I I'm, I'm bullish on, on the finishing because I I've seen like a lot of craft to it, right? Like, yeah, he's demoing some stuff and some of the, sometimes it looks a little clunky, but then other times like he's busting out some really like high level, you know, finishing packages, you know, like breaking this guy down off the dribble here and look at that left hand, left hand. Yeah. soft, soft left hand. And, and, that's huge. Not a lot of prospects can finish with their left hand like that. And that looked natural. You know, it didn't look like it was, it went in and it was awkward. It was, it was very, very natural. It's clearly something that he's going to, you know, continue to emphasize, I think. So, um, I, I really like his finishing package, even if it's not like super highlight real worthy. A lot of the times, I think he's very effe- uh, effective and efficient here. That's a nice Takes the contact you yeah. catch and rip. Right. Just like one of the first clips in the finishing section. Um, 
with that first step and mm-hmm. he's got the guy on his hip uses it to to cleanly get to the rim I, you know i love that about him <sighs> Corey, it's amazing how impressed we get when a guy finishes with their offhand um <laughs> we're not we're not that hard to please no. we like we like a good offhand finish um yeah we but, certainly do but 100 man like th- this that's a really <laughs> nice rip man really quick as you mentioned gets the guy just you know the defender's just fighting for his life to get back and a nice clean finish so i'm with you man there's a lot to like there's a lot to like a good foundation and um i think he's very worthy of being in that top five conference i have him at five you know yeah yeah, that's the range I have him five or six and in, in, in that range right now. I could be talked into having him at number three ultimately. Exactly. You know, like like I really, really like him and and because I think there's there are hidden layers to his game. Mm-hmm. You know, and right now let's let's talk about his playmaking a little bit. Cause he's you know, he he's not doing like super high level, like weak side hit stuff. Like he misses the guy in the weak corner there, but um he makes a great read. And a really crafty operator of the pick and roll here, hitting the strong corner. So um, let's see him walk the ball up the court. High ball screen. Damn. Gets the switch, right? Yep. (laughs) Rocked. (laughs) Goes behind the back. Gets into the middle of the court. Liam McNeely's helping Mm -hmm. off the strong corner. What are you doing? And... uh, and it's that that's an easy look like that's that's the right play like yes it would have been sick if he made the the weak side hit but it wasn't the right play so i mean i just love the creativity the how he's able to react there and bang right to the right to the shooter <sighs> i some i'm with you Corey. i wrote in my notes i think he's a good passer um i i didn't think he was elite didn't think he was amazing not elliot cadeau for sure but he can hit the one more a guy that'll keep the ball moving uh there was one play against montverde he caught an offensive rebound and threw this unbelievable behind the back pass to their big for a dunk and i was like that's sick like that's a really is he gonna do that all the time probably not but the fact that you know he even attempted something like that and kind of has that in his bag once in a while, it's good. It's it's all we're looking for, right? Like we can't we can't be expecting elite tools and abilities from all these kids. Like they're all growing, they're all getting better. So signs of growth, signs of these types of abilities is like that's the type of stuff that gets us excited. Yeah, and I this is where I think the Keontae comparisons are going to come because I think he's going to get the opportunity to run these ball screen actions. And you remember like when Keontae came out of the gate last year, mm-hmm. he had like all of these nifty passes and people were like, where the hell did this come from? Because yeah. one of the things we talked about in our preseason pod, we were like, Keontae will move the ball. He'll do the one more, but there's not a lot of creativity. And now it's like, Oh, can this dude actually be like a lead ball handler, like mm-hmm. point guard on the team and not like one of these Bradley Beal guys. Can he actually be like something more than that? Um, and, and run your offense. So I think, there are a lot of flashes that indicate that like Jacoby might be able to do that. And he's got better size than Keontae, right? Gets downhill, draws the, the defense, throws the lob, soft lob on target, great timing, great pacing there. Um, you know, really nifty, you know, again, he's, I, w- I want to go one more uh, pick and roll pass here. I, I thought this was, this is one of my favorite passes of his that I saw. Um, he's going to handle getting blitzed here, right? Defense is going to fire this ball screen. And the little mm-hmm. underhand, he's patient, he's poised, he doesn't get sped up there. And just utilizing that underhand whip pass to the roller, sick. Absolutely sick. I mean, it's good stuff. It's good stuff, man. Once again, and who knows what that'll look like in college. How, how, how many, like, no, actually, I hope he gets a lot of that. I hope, you know, like, as you mentioned with Keontae, that he gets to try a lot of that stuff. Um it's exciting. It's exciting, dude. And once again, like, I don't think either one of us are trying to project him as like, he's going to be a number one option, you know, to start or who knows, right? Like maybe he's never a number one option. Maybe he's a number two type of guy, but if you have a number two type of guy that can make that type of pass, who does not want that on their team? Everybody wants that, you know, with his, you know, wing size and his ability to shoot and handle and stuff like that's everyone is looking for that type of player, which is why he's probably going to go really high. Yeah. And like, you know, having that in your bag is important because I think that that's one of the reasons that like a guy like Jaden Hardy fell to the second round, right? Like people didn't think that he had the playmaking stuff to his bag. And, you know, we're, we've yet to really see that in, on an NBA level. I think he started showing a little bit more of that towards the end of that G League season, yeah. but not not consistently. Right. So if Jacoby can come out the gates with that, 
I think that's going to do a lot for his draft stock and you're going to see why so many people are so high on him. Now um, let's move to the other side of the ball and, and break down his defense um, really quickly. I, I thought that he had some really impressive defensive isolation possessions. Like uh, I thought this was a great, great, great possession here. I think he's competitive. He gets low in his stance. Uh, he has that long wingspan. He's strong. He'll play with his chest. Um, he even does it on this possession, and it's the thing that I think he needs to stop doing a little bit. He will try to gamble and reach and try to poke the ball away a little too often, but uh, it doesn't hurt him here, and he he just stifles the ball handler. Corey, I, it's funny you bring that up because for me, I also wrote that he gambles a little bit, but in a different way. I thought positionally, sometimes he was like a little bit too excited, a little too frenetic um, like as a defender where he would almost – play himself out of position just because he was trying to do so much which is like not the worst thing right at least that means he's locked in and he's like trying to make a play on the defensive side of the ball so I didn't hate that um but there were times that I thought like <clears throat> where I thought like hey uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit you know let's get a little bit more disciplined but the on-ball stuff I really enjoyed, man. Like, he's got really good length to him um I thought laterally he moved really well I thought he really used his length as a weapon in the playing uh, in the passing lanes as well um i don't know a lot to like just um i think you know some maturation will come and will be necessary for him is yeah yeah that's great word maturation right you know because you could tell he competes i mean look at him he's in his stance right he's low like he's he's locked in he's focused um but you know you gotta know like you don't need that little reach there at the end like you know he gets blown by it doesn't ultimately hurt them on this possession but it, it's just that little thing if he's just staying solid I think that's really what he has to do as a defender to make an impact is just stay solid and I think that's something that a lot of young players that are athletic you know kind of struggle to understand it, it's more important that and that way to just force a bad shot and get a rebound than it is to try to gamble for every steal um, you know if you're going to steal just playing solid and trying to force off ball steals, like because you're making them make decisions with the pressure that you put on. Um, But I think that he's a real like two way prospect because he does have the tools. He does have the length and he really does put in the effort on that end. So, you know, ultimately I think, you know, the kid is uh, a really, really fun high level prospect. And I'm, I'm super excited to see how he plays in that system that I think is going to be really friendly towards, um, you know, his his draft stock this year Uh, one final thing for me Corey. another thing that wins points with as always is a kid that gets into a stance consistently um (laughs) if you're getting into a stance we're gonna uh, automatically bump you five points as a defender and he's one of those guys so (laughs) i'm with you man there's a competitive aspect to him that i think is great and also the tools are great too so it's hard not to project him as a good defensive wing yeah and uh you know if we're gonna talk about defense what a prospect to transition to here. <laughs> oh right. Like, uh, look, I, I mean, might as well start at no ceiling. <laughs> well, let's, let's start with, with the defense, but we love us some Omaha blue mm-hmm. at, at no ceilings, right? Like this kid really made an impression on us when we all saw him at the Nike hoop summit grown ass man already right um our you know friend of the show bryce simon wrote an awesome awesome feature on omaha uh earlier in the year i mean this was a kid that when we were at the hoop summit he was always getting up shots always locked in uh after the first the second scrimmage was it it was the second scrimmage right uh he was just on the court getting jumpers up like an hour after the game you know just working on his craft, right? And he, he knows what he has to do. Um, so I I really just can't wait to see him as a college prospect. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what the perception of his potential is coming out of college because I do think he lacks that same kind of polish that we just saw from Jacoby in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But he also represents, you know, the archetype that every – NBA team wants and like that six eight, six nine, two hundred and forty pound swing defender that's a Swiss Army knife, right? So it, I'm I just can't wait to hear what the you know the dialogue is with Omaha throughout the the course of the season. 
Corey, I love that you brought up that little anecdote because when we were there, that's when you and I were walking around trying to meet these prospects. You know, we we wanted to kind of connect and we talked to Justin Edwards, McCain, all those guys. And yeah. we wanted to get to Omaha, but uh, he was too busy grinding. Uh, he was <laughs> too busy putting in work, had no time to talk to anybody and was like, I'm just going to keep shooting, which is like, which makes me so wildly and rationally optimistic about his outlook because we've yes. seen the freaking dude work like he had no interest. And, and I, and I don't think he was being disrespectful in any way. He just was like, I I'd rather just grind right now while everyone else is talking and shaking hands and, you know, making nice right now, I'm just going to keep shooting and working on my game. And I think that's the type of work ethic with him. That's so terrifying. Um, also, as you mentioned, Corey Shasta, Bryce Simon, that piece that he wrote about, you know, Omaha's journey was beautifully written and also just an incredible story to read and to think about, you know, how, you know, you know, the whole immigrant uh, story and, you know, making it in this country and stuff like that is something that, you know, me as I, I can definitely relate to as well. Um, and I was just like, damn, like this guy's such a grinder, uh, such an old school type of kid that we're it's hard to not fall in love. And obviously I got there late later to hoop summit, but you guys were just absolutely raving about him. And then to see him and that work ethic, it's, it's hard to not believe in him. Like you're, you're going to have to because of how hard the kid works. Yeah. I remember I went over to, to talk to a couple of people in the front office of a team and they were like, so who, who have you liked so far? And I was like, Omaha is my dude. <laughs> You know, like this for all those reasons, just the grinding, the the potential he has physically, like you could just tell that any bit of potential that this kid has, he is going to get every last inch of it out of him, you know, and and I think that's important. Um, you know, the little anecdotes like we saw him working hard at the Hoop Summit, the stuff that you hear from Bryce in that piece, like all of that stuff. Again, like you, it gives me reason to believe that he is going to be uh, a high-level dude in in this league. Um, so we talked about uh, him being like this awesome defensive prospect. Let's just get right into it, right? Uh, break down why we're so into his game. And um, for me, I just think he has so many defensive tools. Like getting talk about getting in a stance. Like this dude is six nine. Like I don't know how much he weighs. He's got to be like two. 35 to 40 already in high school, right? Just grown man. Um, and he's down in that stance, right? And he's just, he's just so long and physical and he's able to guard so many different positions here. He's going to be isolated on the perimeter, uh, versus a guard and, a a really nifty shot creator in that. And even though, you know, he, he, he allows his top foot to get attacked he's still able to recover and get an awesome contest on the ball. Um, so it still ends up being a really solid defensive possession. And he's chasing him at the, you know, around screens at the beginning of the possession. Like he rocks, man. It's clear that uh, Omaha does like yoga or something. Cause the kid has like great hit mobility. Um, the fact that he's that big and can get that low in his stance, I think speaks a lot to that. And the fact that he can flip his hips and do all that stuff is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. But Corey, I, I'm with you. the thing with him that it, it's just any play you watch, he wants it. He wants it so freaking bad. Like, who's that kid from Washington? Was it Mia? Was his name? Like Braxton <laughs> Mia or something? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I remember, wow, dude, I it, it, I still have it vividly in my mind. He was trying to post up Omaha, and Omaha said, hell no. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit what Raphael says about you. I'm going to put the fucking clamps on you, was what he did. And it was unbelievable to see, because he was like, dude, you don't want it enough, was essentially what he was saying. Like, he dominated him, dominated him so hard, it felt like he was telling him without actually saying anything to him. Like, you don't want it as much as I do. I want it way more and you feel that in almost every defensive possession with him even in this clip you're playing right now look how far outside he is guarding this this guard and he just he wants it so freaking bad and not only does he want it but he has all the tools to be that dude like he's so long so strong he can really move it's just sometimes it's having the desire is great but having the desire plus the tools is what makes you really terrifying yeah and you could tell how sped up 
the ball handler is on this possession. Like he Terrible. literally loses his, he's, he loses his footing. Cause he's just like, I have nowhere to go. And you know, when you have John bowl backing you up on top of it, <laughs> not really ideal. Oh. <laughs> um, now, you know, I, I mean, just all of the different aspects uh, of his game here. Oh, don't know why I went to an offensive clip. We're not ready to go to offense yet. Um, let's let's pull up another defensive clip here instead. Uh, still from the FIBA tournament. And, you know, I thought he wasn't his best self uh-huh. um, during the FIBA tournament. I thought his defense was solid as, as usual. Um, but I thought that USA team was just weird and, and, you know, ultimately struggled, but look at him on a, on the point guard down in his stance. Yeah. Get out of here. Give me that. Like you got no chance here. Like great, you know, hats off to this kid for, for testing him. But it just, that kind of thing, it just won't go well. And, you know, Again, that's that's Omaha in a nutshell. Like it's just not going to go well for you on that end if you test him. Because as you mentioned, like the kid is just all heart, he's all hustle, he's all just I want it. And like here, look at that. Look at that athleticism too. Like talking about this isn't even a chase down, right? He's on his heels. He's able to completely turn and still recover and get enough of an athletic contest to swat it off the backboard. Like that is not easy. He doesn't have his whole momentum going forward, right? Like he has, he is in recovery mode and there's like still not a chance that that thing is going in the hoop. Like I, I love, love, love this possession. There's just this intensity and aggression to him on the defensive side of the ball that it's like that alpha that he has in him. That's so infectious, dude. And, and, like, you feel it. Like, whenever he plays, like, it's not just him. Like, I feel like he's playing at such a high level defensively that it rubs off on his teammates as well. And you just feel so good on the defensive side knowing that he's there and he's doing all of that everywhere on the court. It's it's infectious. It, it, it's the only way I can put it. it. He's genuinely an infectious defender that's so scary and intimidating. And the way he just, like, taunts people as well, like, it's... It's great stuff, but along with that, Corey, everything that you said, right? The instincts, the the know-how, the everything. It's he's fantastic. It's so much to love. And he's the kind of guy that like it almost his strength and athleticism at times almost did him a disservice because like he played so much big. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. Because he's so strong that it's like, all right, let's just have him play center. And like that, it, it almost like mischaracterized a lot of times what he is going to be so good at. Cause like, I think he is going to be a legitimate, like switch any position guy, you know, not guard any possession, any position, but switch any position. Cause I think he is going to be able to switch onto guards. I think as he gets a little heavier and even stronger as a pro, I, I don't think, you know, you want him switching on point guards all the time, but like that two, three, four, I think he's going to have like on lock and I would feel comfortable having him switch on to a stronger, you know, five and then yeah. even a quicker guard still. Yeah. But it, that versatility almost got masked sometimes because it was like, all right, let's play him as like more of a big. And I think his role is going to be wing, you know, and, and defensively it didn't show nearly as much, even though he did check a lot of the bigger guys, but offensively that's where I think like I consider him a wing and not like a big, like I think he's a power wing. Yeah. yeah but Corey, I will say, I also think it's to his advantage too, kind of, because of what you said as well. Like now that versatility is just going to be in there. Like everyone's going to know, like in a pinch, he can guard a five. Like in a pinch, he's going to be able to body up and hold his own. And then also with everything that he's shown on the perimeter, oh, we know he can switch out onto a smart, smaller guard and kind of hold his own and, you know, lock things down. So he's a, he's an extremely versatile defender. Um, everyone should be excited about his outlook especially on defense. And I, I know we're about to switch over to offense and that's extremely exciting too. But I think it's important to know there's a reason why we started with his defense. He's terror, terrifying on that side and obviously in a good way. Um, and I think it's only <laughs> going to get better because he's, he, he's going to keep getting stronger. He's going to keep working on the finer details of defense as well. It's like, it's a classic thing where like you just have to believe in the guy that works his ass off. That yeah, usually pays straight off. up, yeah. straight up. Right. Um, all right, so let's talk about the offense 
first. And, you know, I, I mean, we talked about him as an athlete and as a physical presence. So I just wanted to start it off with him just absolutely rocking the goddamn ring. <laughs> Good start. Good start. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of his finishes, um, especially in the EYBL came off of like these set plays, a lot of hustle points. Right. Um, but they did a really good job of like getting him open down on the block. And he has such a quick and powerful first jump that you see, like he looks like Shaq yeah. in blue chips, you know, like, like he is just absolutely manhandling the basket and you don't want to get in his way when he's up in the air like that. <sighs> he's, he's scary. I just, I don't know, man. It's, I think it's great. Um, I just, it's, I'm trying to like control how much I love him and how excited I am about his game, but, um, really good role, man. Um, you know, they put him in a lot of pick and roll stuff and uh, as a good role, man, he was good. I thought, uh, really good on the offensive boards, a guy that really mm-hmm. went after it and made the most of that, uh, going up there and cleaning stuff up. Um, what else I felt like I did feel like, uh, at times when he would drive to the hoop that it was, uh, less beautiful. Uh, sometimes it felt a little wild, a little bit of like either he didn't have a plan or that his plan was not very good. Um, was kind of how I felt at times with him driving to the rim, but, um, just in terms of like the tenacity, the athleticism, as you mentioned, that first jump speed, quickness, whatever, it's really great stuff. And if anything with him still kind of growing into and blossoming into his wing, uh, skills, it, it just, you know, it's exciting, you know, like there, there's, there. Is a multifaceted aspect of his offensive game as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of mentioned like the tenacity on the offensive glass, like he's a winning play kind of guy. Yes. Right. Like it's a, so much of what he's going to do. Isn't even going to show up in the box score here. It does. This is just, I want it more than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm more physical than you. And I'm going to turn this into two points when we desperately need it. Right. Um, end of the third quarter, trying to go on a run to get you back in the game. You know, those are momentum building plays uh, and, and that energy, that effort. It's a skill. You know, it, it's not something that we would highlight as uh, this impressive thing if every prospect was doing it right. But not every prospect does that. So that is most definitely um, a skill. So I, I think that ultimately what we're seeing him as a finisher and what you talked about earlier is like, he's probably not going to be somebody who early on in his career is creating a ton of his own offense, right? Like it's cutting, getting offensive rebounds, running down the floor, rim running down the pipe, being the first one down the court, capitalizing in transition. Um, and that's where he's going to bread his butter early on in his career. And, and I like guys who have these narrow skill sets early on because it'll allow them to be efficient and stay on the floor and then be able to expand and work on their game. Um, because you know that you can trust them to do the other things that are going to be effective already. So, you know, I love that he can just run down the floor and get you an easy basket, right? But I I think where you do see some of the, um, like, really impressive flashes where you're like, this is where I'm like, all right, I think he's got some wing skills. Uh, It's transition. The floor is a little bit more open. He's turning defense into offense here, right? Nifty spin move, Mm -hmm. nifty footwork, nifty left-hand finish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I if you start seeing this in the half court, like everyone's in trouble, but that's a sick, sick finish right there. Everything looked smooth. Nothing looked clunky. I love it. There's a lot to like Corey. His cutting is really good too. Yeah. I I really like him as a cutter. Um, I think he's really good about it. Good timing, good awareness. Um, good speed to it um just really emphatic kind of as a cutter uh, which i really enjoyed um but yeah a terror in transition like you get this guy running uh <laughs> watch out like you probably you know want to make a business decision and get out of his way and don't jump with him because you're gonna get hurt is the type of athlete that he is and um once again like the overarching theme that we keep going back to is just he wants it more um he really, really wants it. And now in terms of the wing skill stuff that we're, you know, eventually going to get, get to, I, I think, um, not perfect, <laughs> not all the way there yet, but 
encouraging signs. Um, I, I thought <laughs> there were some really encouraging signs. Like I think even handle wise, there were some possessions. I was like, oh, that's nice. Like there's some shake to that. There's, you know, you actually creating space here and, you know, trying some stuff out, which I didn't mind. Um, a little bit of like shooting off the dribble even. I was like, go ahead. Um, his shooting, though, I did have some questions that I wanted to ask you about. Um, I think, Corey, what I wrote in my notes here with his shooting was, and, I, you know, obviously correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I thought the base looked wide and good. Um, I didn't mind the base too much, but I thought, like, there was, like, a really big dip um, on his shot when he was bringing the ball up. Um, and I thought at times there was a little bit of an elbow flare. Uh, which I thought, you know, kind of led to some inconsistent misses. But um, shock do- shot doctor, go ahead. Let us know uh, where I was wrong. No, I think I think you are right about okay. the the dip. Um, I, I didn't catch. Yeah, I, I didn't notice the elbow flare too much. I I think that his form is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think at times his touch isn't as solid. You know, like he'll he'll have some you know rough misses. Um, I think eliminating that dip maybe would help with that. Uh, because I think his big problem is like his shot. There's too many motions going on. Mm. I don't know. Like the form is good and every aspect is good, but you could see all of the aspects transpiring like step-by-step, like bring the ball down, bend my knees, shoot the ball, release, follow through. Like you could, you know, it's not just this one fluid, beautiful thing. It's like a process. And that means he's working on it. Yeah. You know, like, but he's still in these clips. He's still in like overthink mode. But what did we go back to when we saw him at the Nike Hoop Summit? He was practicing jump shots for an hour after the scrimmage, right? Like, this is not something that he doesn't know is not a strength. Like, he knows it's not a strength of his game. He knows he wants to get better at it, right? So while he does have, you know, sometimes clunky misses and and, and whatnot, it's not as if he's not working. It's not as if, this isn't an area of a game that I buy. Like I buy kind of like the OG Ananobi aspect where like, Mm. I think he's going to get there as a shooter. He certainly wasn't known as a shooter coming out of college. Right. And then, you know, now he's knocking down game winning shots in playoff series at times. Right. So like, I I think that's the kind of player that you want Omaha to develop into um, potentially where a guy, maybe he's a defensive player of the year candidate, but he can knock down open shots and then hopefully create his own offense a little bit at times too. Corey, I, I, there were some ugly misses, but also some really pretty makes. And I think that's a good sign with everything that we know, right? Which also kind of goes back to the whole point of like, if you're if you're a scout, you should get out there and really try to see these guys in person as much as possible because there's a level of commitment and off-the-court stuff that you just don't see unless you're there, um, which is, you know, why I'm so glad we went to the Nike Hoop Summit. But I'm with you, Corey. Like, the shooting with him, I, you know, although I picked out some things that I think he needs to work on, overall, I'm still excited about it. Like, uh, like that's just kind of where I'm at with his whole game. I think every aspect of his game will be good to great because he's going to fix it. Like, he's going to will himself to greatness <laughs> is how I feel, which is why, like, Corey, over the course of this pod, I feel like I'm talking myself into taking him number one in this draft because, like, <laughs> why? Why not? Like wherever he is right now in his develop development, just wait five to ten years. He's gonna be filthy. Is kind of how I feel because of you know how hard he's working and all this stuff. But um, yeah, the shoot. Just going back to the shooting, I I feel okay about it. I feel totally confident that he's gonna get better. He even hit some shots off the dribble that I thought like, oh wait, why does his off the dribble jumper look more smooth than his catch and sh- catch and shoot jumper? Um, at times it was weird and um, yeah, I just I'm excited. there's definitely a chance that he has that Patrick Williams ascension in the pre-draft process because he's going to wow teams in the pre-draft process. Like they're going to see him physically. He's going to knock down shots in the gym. He's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if he was competing against prospects like in the workouts. Right. And he might be the guy that everyone's like, wait, why are we not taking a six, nine dude? Who's crazy. Physical is a little raw, but has all of these tools that we just, he's a ball of clay that we need to mold. Like, yes, let's take him at number four in the draft, please. let's take him third in this draft. What it's an up in the air draft. There's no true standouts. Like, yeah, let's take the wing. Right. Like I could totally see that happening with Omaha and I would be for it. Cause I think the kid, um, has a chance to be 
you know, an impact player in the league. I'm not saying I think he has a chance to be an all NBA guy, but who knows? Maybe he can get there. Maybe he's that psychotic of a worker, right? Like I would love to talk to him and, and try to figure that out for myself. But from what we saw, like the work ethics there and all of the tools are there. I think there's a great shot off the dribble, yeah. right? You know, maybe not a ton of pressure. You're up uh, by 20 points on, on a team. So you could start experimenting with your game a little bit, you know, off the dribble bounce though, set us mm. up. Hmm. Mm. Knockdown. Corey, I'm going to do some fortune telling. Um, he's going to be at the Blazers facility for a pre-draft workout. He's going to be going against Matas Buzelis, just ripping him to shreds. And then he's going to be like, where's Jeremy Grant at? I want some of him too. It's <laughs> what I think he's going to be doing. Mike Schmitz is going to fall all over himself, fall in love, and he's going to go really high in the draft. Is what I think. Like, it's going to happen. He's going to, as you said, Corey, he's going to demolish some kids in pre-draft workouts, and coaches are going to fall in love. We still have old school coaches and be like, look at this kid. Oh, <laughs> look how much he cares. You know, <laughs> all that stuff's going to be in play, and I think he's going to have an awesome, I, I think he's going to have a great season in Iowa. Great pre-draft process. I think he's going to go really high in the draft. He's there's so much to love. Yeah, even here, like you know, he misses here, broken play, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, it's early in the game. Let's create between the legs, smooth. Yeah. Not like a terrible miss. At least you know, he's like taking him. Yeah, like I'm with it. Take mm -hmm. those, man, because that's what I want to see. Right, right, and and that stuff looks pretty polished. You know, let's let's see him try to create, get to the rim a little bit, stuff like that. Uh, but if he can just do some of this stuff from the perimeter and be effective inside doing what he does, like that's a, uh, there's a lot of potential there. Now let's talk about what you think of the passing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was almost like, let's avoid that part. No, the passing I thought was okay. Let me tell you exactly what I wrote in my notes here. I wrote um, passing, nothing to write home about, um, which is okay. Right. Like we're not looking for, you know, the next Michael Jordan or LeBron James. It's it, he's not going to be a perfect player. I, I thought, you know, at times, you know, there there are some flashes of him being like a nice connector, moving the ball, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I didn't think it was a huge part of his scouting report is kind of the best way to put it, in my opinion. Um, I, I thought, you know, if you have some flashes and you have some not so goods, then don't write it in pen. Don't write it in a permanent marker. Um, I think it, it just wasn't a major part of his game is what I was what I what I thought. Yeah, I, I think that's completely accurate. Um, I but I did think he ha he has like good feel, mm -hmm. you know, like some of his reads were like the placement was really nice. Like, I think, you know, this possession here, like he makes yeah. a, a quick point five decision, right? Like he is not going to be a creator uh, by any stretch, like, or maybe he is, I don't know, but I wouldn't project him to do it based on what we've seen on the film. Right. Um, but I do think that he's capable of making quick decisions and, you know, against the zone, they put him at the nail a lot of times, like, look, this is what you're supposed to do against the zone. Like if right. you're in that position, you're supposed to keep that ball swinging quick. So the defense can't rotate over, you know, to your shooters or the guys diving behind the zone. And, you know, he does a good job he's talking, he's communicating, he's telling people where to go. Right. You, you love seeing that. And then the ball's here knows where to put it. Bang. Knockdown. Um, but then he would do some stuff like this, which again, like he's stationary. He's not like doing it off live dribble passing. It's not super flashy stuff, but he is not going to be that high usage guy, especially as a freshman, right? Like it's stuff he's going to, if he ever gets there, that's like year four or five in the NBA. Like we're so far away, but this is a read. Right. And uh, we go back to our, our guy, Cam Carr. Um, you know, he can come off that screen for the three or he can, you know, dive to the to the rim. And that's a good read with good placement and good timing to his cutter um, from Omaha here. So, like, it's not as if, like, he knows his options, but that's not necessarily set for him to cut. Like, that's something that Cameron Carr has to read. And I thought he made a really nice read here. So, like, I'm. I like the feel that he has, and that's all I need to see from him. I, I don't need to see him initiating ball screens. I would love to if, if, if that was the case. And, you know, you're talking about a potential number one pick. But where he's at right now, I just want to see, like, the raw potential to, like, make some nice connective passes. And I think he's there. Yeah, I, I think the most important thing is we neither one of us walked away thinking he was a black black hole. You know, he was a guy that was willing to move the ball, willing to make these types of reads. Um yeah, as long as he's not a detriment, 
uh, in terms of that part of his scouting report, I think we're both good. And he wasn't. And if anything, he showed some nice flashes. As you mentioned, Corey, that last play he showed, really nice timing, placement, anticipation, all that stuff is good. 100%. Um, I'm a big fan. I think I have both of these guys in my top 10. Uh, I could see both of them being top five guys. I could see them both, you know, going lottery, uh, top 20, whatever. I There's a, a number of outcomes for both of these guys, I think, but I'm bullish on both of them. I think that they're going to be really fun to to monitor this year. And we're, we're so close, Albert, because as you said at the top of the show, your Knicks are playing tonight, you know, Bulls are playing tonight. It's a full slate of NBA games. That means college basketball is coming. Um, so... It's it's a very exciting time, and and I can't wait to watch Omaha and Jacoby suit up. It's going to be ridiculously exciting, Corey, and it's it's always fun for us to be at this point, um, just because we've done our preseason work. We have you know different expectations for these players, but now they're going to go out and do it. Now they're going to go out and play, go against real competition, and we're going to see what it looks like on the college level. And I hope it's fantastic. But at the same time, who knows? Like. There might be some guys that we have in our type tens right now that end up having nightmares of a freshman season or sophomore season, whatever, and they don't even declare for the draft. You know, anything's possible, but it's an exciting time. And um, I'm glad we got to do this rather than, you know, me watching the Nick game because it looks like they're losing. So, <laughs> fun well, 48 minutes is a long time in the NBA. <laughs> still, fun, still plenty of time. Um, all right. This was a fun episode, man. This was really fun. I'm glad to be back in the swing of things. Um, we both have gotten some writing under our belt already in the draft process. We got that draft guide coming out on Friday, guys, the preseason draft guide. We're really excited about that really in depth. The whole team, uh, contributed to it. So definitely, you know, make sure that if you want to be prepared for the 2024 NBA draft, one in which it's wide open, right. And there are a number of prospects you probably, you know, want to know more about. We got you covered at No Ceiling. So noceilingsmba.com, make sure you subscribe. It's 100% free, or you could pay and uh, join the growing community and get all of the the fun you know member features that we added today to the website. So completely up to you. Nothing's changing with the free stuff. Again, just want to reiterate that. We got you covered on that. You're going to be well-prepared for this draft, whether you pay or you don't. But if you want to support your boys uh, and your girl, you can go to noceilingsmba.com. Uh, if you are watching this, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, smash that like button. And if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, make sure that you rate review five star, all of that good stuff. Um, and, uh, Albert and I will be back next week covering some more prospects. We're getting closer. Uh, Albert until next time we're out. Peace. Peace.